Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. <laughs> what an introduction. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's sign language for go. Makaton. Is it Makaton? Makaton, shall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sign language. Sorry? Sign language. Yeah, what uh, kids do at nurseries and things, yeah. I was talking about Wayne's World. Have you seen Wayne's World? Uh, years and years and years ago. Like three. It means nothing to me, that. Yeah. No. I see you've uh, cut your hair again. I have. I have. Uh, what, what does Emily think about it? The fact that you've got more, more hair on your chin than you have on your head. It looks like your head's upside down. Chin? Yeah. What does Emily think about it? Um, I don't know. <clears throat> she doesn't mind it so much. She no. says, they look like uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit special tonight. We've got our wives sat with us, haven't we? Charlotte's to my left. Emily's to my, straight in front of me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, but we're back again. Um, another great guest, someone who we wanted on from the beginning, from a long time ago. We wanted to, I think when we went down to, when we did the London trip, I think we was originally supposed, was he supposed to come on then? I think so, yeah. But as we say in the podcast, like, he's, he's a busy bugger, isn't he? He's, mm. in- he's literally in everything. <laughs> it's just, you, you just put anything on and he's just there and he's in it, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you're now two of the like most watched programs that's that's on at the moment, which are both sick, by the way. Have you seen them both? Have you seen any of them? Oh, I need to. I need to watch. I like we say in this. I just don't have time to binge watch anything. So yeah. making our way through normal people at the moment. Normal people. Yeah. Yeah. So Danny's in uh, Code Four Hundred Four. Four Hundred Four and 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 yeah, White Lines, which I'm on episode eight. So. Oh, yeah. As soon as we, as soon as we stop this podcast, I'll be going back onto it. It's unbelievable. He's amazing. He's doing the Manchester accent as well, Danny. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's really good. When you said um, I'm on episode eight, did you hear what I said? No. I was like, oh, oh, you're in it. Oh no, God no, no. They won't have me. They won't have me. I'm not allowed in IB for anymore. I'm banned. <laughs> I went to IB for in 2017. I'm not allowed back. Imagine that call with your agent. I yeah. to, uh, Tomo, so they really want you for this part, but they've now um, they've moved filming from Cleethorpes to Ibiza, and yeah, you know you're not allowed back there. Well, it <laughs> happened to me that didn't it? it happened with me um, with the job that I won't mention any names. But when I was supposed to go to America, can you remember? And I got to the airport and the v- with the whole Esther things. Can you remember? Oh no! Oh well, I'll I'll ring you after this and I'll explain because. 
I don't know if I'm allowed to mention it, but it, yeah. again, and not because of any criminal records, but it was because of a mistake. I wasn't allowed into the States, so I, I couldn't do a job, which was a bit of a nightmare. But um, I mean, Danny, Danny's traveling all over. Um, and he's got uh, also co- uh, uh, White Lines has got Kel Spellman, who's I've been on the podcast before, um, who's also brilliant. Yeah, man. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it, to be honest. Um, just trying to binge watch as much as possible. But yeah, Danny, um, obviously you've worked with him on Swimming With Men. Yeah, yeah, which was good fun. I mean, we touched base on it a little bit in the, in the, in the chat. But uh, yeah, he's such a... It's such just a joy to be around. He's like he's quite um, like his his personality is quite addictive. He's um, he's just funny. He's a bit like Joe Gilgan in his own way. He's just a bit like just on on his own planet and just sort of has a bit of fun. And he does a great Michael Jackson impersonation. He's dan- he dances like Michael Jackson very very well. Oh, nice. Yeah, but um, he's yeah, so he's, talented. Yeah, he is. And and like you say, you know, it, it shows because there's. He's uh he never stops, does he? Which is which is brilliant. Um yeah. But yeah, man. Um and, and his subject is flash cars. Was yeah, cars. Which yeah, I, I sort of agree with. I've never really been into flashy cars or anything. But again, I've only I passed my test sort of two or three years ago, so I'm not really not really into you are time yet. Yeah, there is yeah. <laughs> it's time for you to pass your test. You're already playing golf. Um, your next midlife crisis will be a Ferrari, won't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I can't afford Ferraris. It'll have to be like a, I don't know, what would I have? Like, a, can you remember them old um, Ford Escorts convertibles and really fast ones? <laughs> Maybe I'd have one of them. And talking of haircuts before we get into the uh, podcast, um, yours is looking good. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte did it, mate. Yeah, she did it on, when did you do my hair, Charlotte? I want to say Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. She'd never done it before. She's the first time she's ever picked up some clippers. Um, she just followed a video on YouTube and just went for it. Because I said to her, if you, if you mess it up, don't matter, I'll just shave it off. Yeah. And you know what? I've walked out of hairdressers with worse haircuts, genuinely. So, good. Happy um, with anyway, let's get on to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Daniel Mays. And again, guys, uh, do stick around after the podcast. There is a little five minute debrief. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll hopefully tell you where next week's guest is as well, which will be fun. Yeah. Also, just quickly, you might notice um, listening to the episode, there is um, a couple of um, uh, technical difficulties in the sound. In there, so something to do with the Wi-Fi. <clears throat> Basically, um, Andy gets his his Wi-Fi from Aldi, so it's not very good. Um, so there's a little skips in audio, but other than that. I used to get it from Lidl, but now nah, I get it from Aldi. So it's- <laughs> Neto connection. I love it. <laughs> couple, of, couple of little twitches. If you're watching the video, it'll just jump a bit. If you're listening on audio, you'll, you'll hear that noticeable kind of little jib. Um, <laughs> jib. We, you know, we're doing what we can. We're doing what we can. A damn pandemic. Exactly. Enjoy. Enjoy. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right, we're on. Um, We've got real life Danny Mays, actual Danny Mays. We've caught him. Wait, is this, is this, this isn't live live now, is it? This is no, a pre-record. No, 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 no. not live, no, no. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. All right, stand down, all stand down. You <laughs> How are you doing, mate? I was going to bring in the dancers. Oh, well, sh- <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, I'm. Um, well, I say I'm all right. I, I, I'm. You know, we were chatting just now. I, I'm. I'm sort of reached the peak. I think I want to go back to work. And yeah. um, for the first time this week, I've started to feel a bit um, not panicky is too strong a word, but I just it's that fe- feeling of it becoming the norm and not necessarily knowing where the outcome of this is I mean I'm you know I'm thinking about my profession and eventually going back to work so um yeah I mean I, I think I've just had I've had me full of homeschooling lads <laughs> I guess yeah. it, it must be different for you as well because like me and Tom have had this conversation a few times like for us it, it's starting to feel less normal now but like the first couple of weeks it was like oh it kind of just feels like I've finished a job and I don't yeah. know what the next job is but I mean, you're a busy bugger. You you don't stop, do you? So, does this feel like when you started out acting again, or <laughs> a, li- a, li- a little bit? I mean, I'd had a really great run of jobs recently, and then um, I'd finished something for ITV, and then uh, I was having a bit of downtime, just sort of getting my life back a little bit. So, when the when the sort of Corona crisis hit, I was very much not working. So, um, but now I'm what are we two months down the line, and I'm I'm yeah. just sort of itching to get back like like all of us i guess yeah just just like even like obviously you know we're always itching to get 
on a stage or in front of a camera because it's it's what we love in it. But just to be around other people that aren't your kids or your wife would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as I dearly love my wife and kids, um, you know, you just need. It's just that thing of having your own space and, like you say, connects reconnecting with people. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's been absolutely amazing to have proper family time because like you say Andy I've sort of been a, working a hell of a lot so and you know how all consuming that can become so I've really enjoyed the closeness that we've found and you know I mean I know I'm moaning about homeschooling but you know it's a really sort of valuable exercise to go through and um, all that stuff but it's just yeah I guess more for your own self to sort of I didn't realise how much I missed acting until it was sort of taken away from me. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of part and parcel of who we are. So certainly for me. So I've really desperately missed that communication and sort of camaraderie that you naturally find on a on a film set or in a rehearsal room or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Particularly coming off the back of Code 404. Because yeah. you, um, you and Stephen have always said how much fun that was doing that. And you could tell by watching it. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was probably one of the only things that I've watched recently that it's actually made me laugh out loud. Like I was, and I don't know, I, I, I mean, it's brilliant, but because I know you so well and because I know Stephen so well, you sort of got that different connection with it. But I mean, the scenes, the, the <laughs> bit on top of the car park was literally... <laughs> I, it was no, great. it was great. I mean, we, we just... Um, you know, I mean, it's a perfect show to release in lockdown, isn't it? Because it's sort mm. of, it's a bit silly, it's a bit slapstick, and so you can sort of switch your brain off and just sit back and enjoy it for like half an hour. hour it was also made minute. with real heart as well, like the, the you know, the, the relationship yeah. between you and your wife in it and stuff. It's so. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, I worked with Steve years ago <clears throat> on another comedy called Top Buzzer. So um, I never realised you was in that. I've seen because Perry Benson's in that as well. Yeah, Perry's in it and yeah, James Lance and Ashley Walters. So years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was such a scream all those years ago. I mean, it was the job that I met my wife on. Like Stephen sort of got us together. It's all his fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, um, but we've always I've always stayed in contact with Steve. But obviously he's so busy, isn't he? And he's so brilliant at what he does. So. We've always connected with one another and said if there's anything that sort of we can do together, you know, try and get it off the ground. And then Code 404 just fell into my lap and I just immediately thought of Stephen, you know, because we'd worked so well together on Top Buzzer. And it was so just to really get in the room with him again and have five weeks. We, like, we didn't we didn't stop laughing. I mean, it was they've released the outtakes reel and um, love that. Yeah, yeah, there's an extended outtakes reel of, I mean, we would literally put 20 minutes on each day because we were just creasing up the whole time. So, uh, and it's, you know, I've done a lot of serious stuff, as have Stephen and Anna Max and Martin losing it as well. Yeah, so right. it's just great to just, you know, play in the comedy world. And, but there are moments in it that have great pathos and serious drama. And, you know, so, I mean, Stephen brings that tenfold, doesn't he? So for me, Code 404, for all its goofiness, it's really got a sort of, like you say, a lot of heart to it as well. It's a good relationship, love triangle thing going on with um, the wife character as well. So, but the response has been amazing. We're really, yeah. the, you know, it was just great. You know, your Twitter feed keeps going off with people just saying it's the funniest thing they've seen in years. So mm. you can't say fairer than that. Well, that means there must be making another one then, surely, because it is left open for another one. 
Oh, I, I can't possibly that. give you that piece of information on your podcast. Oh, I'm going to make an announcement um, shortly, but I think the numbers are great. So, and the reviews have been good. So we'll just we we'll wait and see. I mean, I think unanimously we all you know would love to do another series and obviously where it ends it sort of leaves the door open yeah you need to schedule that around swimming with men too though (laughs) (laughs) you're you're gonna have to dig out those trunks again (laughs) that was good fun wasn't it closet there somewhere that was good fun wasn't it Oh, it's great yeah i mean when are we ever gonna do a film like that ever again unless there is a sequel (laughs) I mean, I was talking to, who was it, Gabby Roslin. I did an interview with her for a radio show and she brought it up. And um, I mean, as soon as you sort of mentioned that film, I immediately just think how knackering it all was. <laughs> I mean, it, was it, was like, it sounds like a whole lot of fun, doesn't it? A synchronised, a male synchronised swimming drama. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. And the cast of great, <laughs> Tomo and Rob Brydon and... Rupert Graves, I think, yeah, that, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And can you swim? Yeah, yeah, can swim. Did a little swim test. That first training session that we did. <laughs> yeah. Then we get to the first day of training at the Olympic swimming pool. Fuck me. <laughs> I was absolutely knackered by the end of it. And it I, was, thought, I can't do this for another six, seven weeks. Yeah, it was hard work. And then when we went back and did the uh, the comic relief thing, didn't we? We had, yeah. I think we had, uh, what do we have? We sort of like six months away from swimming to then go yeah. back and do another routine. It was knackering, mate. It was literally thrown into the deep end. And like on that first day, it was like, right, okay, I'll grab Tomo's leg, Adil's shoulder. And we were like, we were all, it was that thing of, do you remember we're all in the changing room, we're all getting undressed. It was all revealing. And then we're all sort of jumped in the swimming pool and we're grabbing each other's bodies. And I thought, this is just so weird. But it really (laughs) did, it really did, immediately sort of bond us together, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, there was no sort of uncomfortableness, was there? Well, no, but no, I no. never I never thought that I'd be doing the Wilton Flower with Uncle Bryn from Gabby. I never thought that that had ever happened. But no, that was great. That was but, I mean, it was hard work, wasn't it? And Adele, who was our swim captain, was oh, amazing yeah, with us. And um, yeah, lovely, lovely experience. Great times. Yeah, it was, it was. But... Um, so obviously, um, as the listeners know, we this is probably the most interview form that we've ever done at the start of a, a yeah. chat, really, isn't it? It's the, this is probably the most work chat that we've ever had on the podcast. But <laughs> what we do is we get our guests to come on with a subject that they feel is overrated. Um, yeah. So we can have a bit of a talking point. And you was texting me last night, weren't you? Um, and saying about what your subject was, if you want to tell us what it was. It was a weird... It's such a... <sighs> difficult question in many ways to answer I thought what can I come up with or what springs to mind and the first what I I think far not necessarily fast but sort of flashy expensive cars are something that I think is um overrated and I think and I'm thinking why, why did that pop into my head because way back when when I first passed my driving test at 17 I was really into nice cars and I would, you know, you'd see a Ferrari drive past Tesla Rossa or something like that. So I was really into it. But when I, when I passed my driving test, the car that I, my first car was a, a Mini Cooper. It was a red, it was a 1.3i injection Mini Cooper. The, the classic shape, not the new shape. The Mr. Bean, exactly that. 
And I, I sort of... <laughs> you know, how I went Italian love. job and he went Mr Bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my dream car. As soon as I saw it, I fell in love with it. And um, I think I, got, I found it in the auto trader or something like that, or a, or a private buyer or something. And I said, this is what I'm going to get as my first car. And then my dad went, no, 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 no way. Are you getting a 1.3i injection money cooper for your first car? I said, what are you talking about? Now, listen to me, boy. He said, when you pass your driving test, you only learn how to drive. He said, that's the first stage. You learn how to drive within the first six months of passing your yeah, driving they test. They teach you how to pass your test. You teach yourself how to drive. That's what they Yeah. You see, it's a completely different ball game, you know, when you're on the open road and you're on your own. And I said, no, no, but he said, you just want to get a banger because I guarantee you, you're going to have an accident. You're going to, you know, you're going to, I said, no, 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 it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. I don't know why I've got this anecdote straight away. I'm talking about flashy. Well, I like it. But I sort of, for, for me, for me, it was a kind of flashy, you know, <clears throat> look at me sort of motor, right? And then literally I was dropping a friend off six months later and uh, I got lost on my way home. I was looking, for, and, the, and I'll never forget that the sign on the road was, the light wasn't working on it or something. And I was like, is that Chink? Does that say Chinkford? Does that? And I looked up and I'd gone straight for a, a crossing. The red lights of the traffic lights just flashed past me and I'd gone straight for a red light and bounced off a rover. It's terrible. Spun the car, wrote the car off. I felt like I'd blacked out. And all I could remember when I came round was, if you're looking for faster love, George Michael was on the radio. So whenever I hear that song, I'm like, no, it takes me back. <laughs> and I, I sort of, it felt like I'd sort of, I completely spun the car around and it mounted the curb. And that was the other thing that my dad said to me. He said, Don't, whatever you do, you're not buying a Mini because they are notoriously terrible if you know, like you're in Paris. It's like in a little box. Because it was, it was like a little go-kart driving around. It was a really nippy little thing. And then um, I wrote the car off and I looked in the rearview mirror when I had the accident. And this front of this green Rover had completely caved in. And there was an elderly guy who just sort of looked like he was completely out of it. And, and I thought, uh, it was just panic stations. I jumped out, I ran to the car. And all of a sudden he sort of came round and he was this Irish guy and he started swearing at me and I was like, I've never been so thankful that someone had started swearing and cursing at me. He was like, you little fucker, you fucking little And I was like, are you all right, you all right? Anyway, got a long story short. I phoned my dad. <laughs> I said, listen, I've had an accident. And uh, he got on his white van and he drove up. And I was, I'll never forget, I was sitting on the edge of the curb like this. And I was, you know, I was distraught. My first beautiful Mini Cooper car was a write-off, and he just walked up to me and he looks at the car and he went, "What have you done?" <laughs> you guys Good, because I think just as I've got older, I think I'm much more into the mindset of if it's practical. I've got two yeah. kids, and if it gets me to A to B in a safe, secure way, um, it sort of does the trick for me. Do you know what I mean? That's what it's all about. You've got a cash can, haven't you? And I've got what a cash guy. Uh, no, we've got, um, a T Rock now. We've got we've got a new one. Oh, um, so similar kind of thing, just like a, a slightly biggish family car. Um, but yeah, because I'm exactly the same as you, mate. Like I I I, I don't drive. Um, admittedly, my, my missus does the driving. Um, but I've I've I remember being a kid and looking at like like you say Ferraris going past or something and being like, oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I think I used to really love Lotus. Is it Lotus Elise's? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Like, as you, as you kind of get older, I guess, it's kind of like, it's just practicality, isn't it? I couldn't imagine, you know, having a, yeah. even like a little Audi A3, little nippy thing like that, like putting like the, the kids in the back of that. It's just sometimes a bit cramped, aren't they? Yeah. No, I, I've actually driven a Ferrari. I did an episode, just popped into my head. I did an episode of Hustle. Do you oh. show? And I was yeah. like this... <clears throat> like wannabe Alan Sugar entrepreneur, and I had to drive a Ferrari F40, is it? And it was like we filmed it in Birmingham. Ah, right. Okay. And they got me behind this Ferrari, and I'd, I'd given it a little test ride. But I'm telling you, it is so low to the ground. <laughs> I was just like, I couldn't even get in and out of the, the bloody thing. I was just like, I, it didn't. It wasn't particularly comfortable, but my God, you could feel the power. <laughs> as soon as you put your foot down. But whenever I see, like, Top Gear or shows like that, when they are in these amazing supercars and they open it up, but they're on a test track, and I always look at it and think, yeah, if, if you have one of them, when and where are you ever going to drive it like Particularly that? Particularly if you live in London. If you live in central London, why would you have, a, a, like, a Bugatti Veyron or whatever that are a million quid? Yeah. Because well, you're going to get a cyclist that's going to clatter into the back of you. And then they're not insured. And then next thing, you've got a five this, grand... This, this is the other reason why I've got a beaten up cash guy. is because our street, I've got no driveway. We live on a, you know, that you've got to park your car on the street. It's a bit of a nightmare, my street, in terms of parking and things like that. But, you know, we're in the middle of London. We're always getting nicks. And, I mean, I've reversed the car and the, the neighbour's got one of those tyres on the back and I've done a dent in the car. And it's just like, after a while, you just think... What's the point? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, in London, there's no point, is there? But no. just going back to what your dad, what your dad said about your <laughs> first car, I don't know if that's a dad's thing. Like, no matter what car you think about buying for your first car, because my dad did exactly the same. I bought an Audi A3 for my first one. It was an older one. Right, uh, yeah. But as soon as I got to the garage and I said to my dad, I said, that's the one. He was like, no. Nah. So you don't <laughs> Said, you don't need that. What do you need that for? And I was like, it's just like, what I really, really want. Because my mate had one and I remember he used to drive me to London quite a lot. And I remember, I don't know what it was, but because we'd done a lot of road trips in this nice Audi and it was quite quick and it was nice to look at. And I thought yes. that's what I wanted. And my dad straight away was like, no, 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 you're not having that. <clears throat> but I bought it anyway. And within, within six weeks, I needed to take it into the garage. And because it was an Audi S-line thing, it was, yes. instead of it being... £200 to fix, it was £1,200 to fix. And instead of paying, I don't know, 40 quid for a new tyre for an Astra, you're paying 100 quid for a new tyre because it's an Audi. And yeah. I think just with all these expensive cars that you pay a lot of money for, there's also yeah. a upkeep of them that are just twice as much as there would be if you was to buy like an Astra or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It is the most amazing feeling in, in the world, though. One of the moments in your life when you first pass your driving test, isn't it? Yeah, it was great. Uh, did you? <laughs> and, and, oh, and you don't drive? No, no. I don't drive. I've done a few lessons and stuff in the past, um, and I booked my test. And the day that I booked my test, I started filming. I think it might have been This Is England 90. So right. one of them was like, oh, I'll do it. I'll do it again. And then my first yeah. girl was born. And then I've just never... I live literally... There's a tram stop there. Literally, I can see right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do, really. But Andy, say if you've you get a part and you've got to drive or something like that. I mean, how, how does that work out? Stunt doubles, mostly. Stunt double, yeah, yeah. 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 Work aroundable, innit, I guess. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I need to get it done. I can drive, um, 
yeah. yeah, drove a bit, not, you know, shouldn't have, but I have done a bit. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I always said, like, if you live in a city, like, there's no, there's no point. Like, I, I, it's very rare that I will drive to London. And if I do right. drive to London, I drive to Chingford. And I'll park in Chingford and then I'll get the, the tube into the city centre. Oh, right. Yeah, so How come you, choose, you chose Chinkford, though? That's quite near where I used to grow up. Where I grew uh, up. Well, it started as Epping. I just kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. looked it's, at the top of it because... Um, it's definitely it's, over my neck of the woods there. Yeah. Well, is, is, yeah. It, is it Central Line that goes to Epping? Yeah. So yeah. We, I thought, well, I can go to Epping and then I can park around there for free and then I can get on the, on the Central Line straight into the city centre and it's getting... Yeah. I've had my fair share of waking up at the end of the century line at Epping <laughs> in my misspent youth. <laughs> when you're like, oh no, I'm not here again. I think in, in London and places like Manchester, there's no point in driving. I get like for me, because Grimsby's kind of like out of the way of everywhere, say if I need to go and do like a voiceover or whatever, the chances yeah. are if I'd have to drive to Manchester or go to London and things like that. So yeah. I guess it's just easy, particularly if you've got kids. Like, I yeah, guess. I mean, the, the thing is now with everything that's happening, I think um, I, it, everyone's going to be on bikes, right, in London. I mean, it's sort of, no one's on public transport. Well, people are. I know they've said that people can go back to work, but I'm not sure how you know, safe that is. So there's going to, it feels like there'll be a much more dependency on, you know, walking and getting you know, using your bike and all that stuff. I mean, you know everyone's using a bike, I think, particularly in London. If you've got a push bike, like Rupert, Rupert Graves, who me and you worked with on... Yes. Been with men. He used to cycle to work every morning, didn't he? He was on his bike the whole time, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He used to feel quite that. guilty to get in yeah. The biggest legs you've ever seen. What, Rupert? Big... Yeah, because he just yeah. used to cycle everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, brief, that's a brave production company in it, right? I mean, I've done jobs in London where... You know, they, they want to pick you up at five in the morning to be there at nine. And I'd be like, I'll yeah. just get the tube at eight. And they don't yeah, yeah. this old, letting him ride in on his bike. That's uh Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a deal breaker for him. Yeah. <laughs> his well, I've been, um, his bike. I've just bought some some bikes. Um, right. I'd love it. Do you imagine? Well, like, a proper, it? like a proper road bike, Tom. No, I just bought a mountain bike. Yeah. Um, but it's got the... the, the they're nice big thick tyres so it's easy to get around but me and Charlotte we cycled we did nearly 30 miles last week we cycled yeah um, and I think if you're in in central London you can get from you can get anywhere you need to be on a bike quick enough yeah Do you know what hold I'm on you did 30 miles in one hour no <laughs> you've allowed more than one hour exercise now it was yesterday oh yeah you said it was a couple of weeks ago no Tomo <laughs> oh, I, I won't say anything don't worry about it <laughs> but I was out in the countryside but, um, oh, right, yeah yeah well no I, and I enjoy cycling I don't mind it and I guess like how old was you when you passed your test Dan was you 17, 17? I passed first time yeah it was uh, it was just like that when she said those words, just like to congratulate you, passed your test. It's just like a moment of absolute euphoria, isn't it? Because you suddenly, I mean, as soon as, you, as soon as you get your wheels, it's that it's that sort of sense of freedom, isn't it? You're mobile. You can go out and discover the world a little bit. You know, you and, then, and then go for a red light and write your car off. Was <laughs> <laughs> it a first time pass for you, Dan? Did you pass? Yeah, yeah, first time. And I didn't. I was way back then. You didn't have to do the. Um, you have to do a theory test now, don't you? You have to go yeah. and 
So there's a lot more. I, don't, I didn't, didn't. I did anything like that. It was the parallel park and the emergency stop and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I found I found the um, the practical test a lot harder than the theory. I passed. So what the is theory. it? Is it multiple choice questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got a hazard perception. So you've got a um, on the screen. There's like a, uh, like a scenario that's happening. Um, like yeah. made scenarios to say like. You'll be driving down the, the the road in a simulator, and then someone will come to a crossing. So you've got to click when you see the hazard, right? So kind of, but you can't yeah. click too many times, otherwise it gives you a, an instant fail. So it's kind of right. like you've got to click it when you see it. But um, yeah, now I found the the theory test bit a lot easier than I did the practical. But it took me four times to pass. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah it took me four times. Yeah. So but did, did you it, ever fail on the? on the theory no I did, I did that twice and passed first time both times right. like that um, but I did two tests when I was 18 failed them both and then yeah. kind of thought oh actually I'm 18, 19 now I'm going to be out most weekends I'm going to be out on the piss a lot so it's probably a good idea that I don't get my car so I never yeah. did that until I was I think I was 25 when I passed and then I did another two when I was 25 so I've yeah. been driving for two two years three years now right 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 and, um, yeah. it does it gives you that sense of freedom doesn't it yeah, I've done one of the, those, the theory thing you were talking about. I've done the speed awareness test thing because I got done for speeding and got too many points. And that's a relatively new thing, is it, that's come in now? You have to go to a... Yeah, the speed... You either take the points or go to a speed awareness course. And I was like, obviously, I'll do that. So you have to rock up. I was going to say, what was that like? It was strange. I had to rock up in a hotel in London somewhere near um, Swiss Cottage with all these other people. And um, there was a load of us, about 30 people in a room and you watch a screen and it's like a sort of mock scenario and you have, you know, multiple choice questions of, of when to hit the button. Um, I guess it helps, you know, if you sort of just have an awareness of it, you know. Mm. Yeah, but sometimes you speed by accident, don't you? Just kind of like... You, you... Yeah, but I mean, in London now, like you said, I mean, it's, there are so many speed cameras now. There's, you know, you're so, and on motorways, isn't it? You're being watched all the time. So yeah. it's, um, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, Charlotte really enjoyed, um, she, she called it speeding school. Speed. Right. She really enjoyed her speed awareness course. She came back from it because she, yeah. was, she got caught doing, I think it was 72 in a 60 because there was... Um, right. So there, there was roadworks or something wow. like that. that she was she listening to Michael Jackson's speed demon at the time? <laughs> <laughs> She's a rule breaker. Yeah. Uh, but she, she got caught speeding near Doncaster somewhere, so she had to go to the nearest place where she got caught speeding to do her awareness course. But, yeah, she right. came back from it, and she loved it. She really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe for a few weeks afterwards you have an awareness of it a lot more, but then it sort of seems to you sort of... Drifts out of your head, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're back to flooring it. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when, you, when you crashed the Mini then, uh, Danny, did you, did, you, did you look at another fast car? Have you had, have you had a, like a decent sort of fast car since before? No, I haven't. I mean, it's just been a progression of quite normal, basic. I had a Corsa, an Astra, and now a cash guy. So it's, it's a sort of, um, I mean, we were even thinking of maybe getting a Volvo. I mean, I've got to that stage in my life. Volvo's Two point nice. four children with a Volvo because they're just so practical and, um, you know, well-made and things like that. So it's, a lot, it's all about practicality now at this stage of my life. Those new Volvo I mean, I don't know, drivers. Maybe one, uh, eh? 
those new Volvos drive themselves. So you can get yeah, they yeah. drive themselves now, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, they park themselves and all that. Yeah, they it's do just, all that stuff, yeah. So you don't need to do it's anything. It's crazy, isn't it? It's all that new technology that comes in. Well, see, I mean, for me, this is, this is part of my kind of, like, conundrum, because, like, I'm, I'm at an age now, like you say, where I should really drive, because then it can at least help the missus out with the kids, and, and especially now with all that's going on. Um, yeah. You know, you're going to also be relying on car, bikes and walking. Like, you are going to be relying on your car a bit more. But yeah. My other thing is, I'm kind of like, all right, I should learn to drive now. But then I keep hearing, like, frigging Elon Musk saying that there's going to be driverless cars in the next five years. So I'm kind of like, yeah. what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Might get, like, yeah, I mean, I guess there'll be electric cars a lot more, won't they? That's the new thing that's obviously coming in that the market is... Um, being saturated with, but maybe you're right. I mean, you've got, you know, cabs and Uber services and even black cabs, you can phone, everything's on your phone now, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, I'm jumping around in Uber cabs all the time and I've got, if I've got a, an audition or a, a voiceover or something like that, it's just so convenient. Yeah. Uh, that's how I do it. Yeah, Uber's brilliant, really. I mean, we haven't got it in Grimsby, but say that I was on it. No, we haven't got Uber. Um, but the right. job I was on in Manchester, I mean, it's just so handy. But there's a big yeah. problem with Uber drivers in London, isn't there? With the with the black cabbies, because black cabbies they yeah. they, learned, they they went to like I don't know cab school for like yeah. five years to they have to do like yeah yeah, yeah. Understand yeah. why I mean, they all, all, the, all, the, all the black cab drivers watching this podcast they'll, uh, they'll be a bit of the me, won't they? But I I mean. Yeah, I mean, they all obviously spend time doing the knowledge, don't they, and things like that. But the thing is, it's, I, I, isn't it, they're just priced out the market. Yeah, it's how easy it is now to get an Uber. It's literally, you go on your phone and go, bosh, and then there's a yeah. I did have a weird, I did have a weird, um, I was doing a play at the National and I would get an Uber cab home from there every night. <clears throat> and... Um, I think I was relatively new to it. And I'd, I'd made a mistake where, you know, you could do like a pool share thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. it's called? Who did you I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that. It's another story. It was, uh, I, what was it? I was going home. There's two stories. I was going home one time and I was inadvertently found myself in a pool share thing. So I was on, in the cab in my own and I was going back. And then the guy says, oh, I've got to stop off and pick up this other, you know, pickup. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He went, no, 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 you're in a pool share. We've got to do this now. So it's on your way home. I went, oh, all right, okay, fine. We've only picked up these four girls, these four party girls like this. And they'd been drinking in their flat and they were rat's ass. They were like, it was like party time and thing, right? <laughs> then Lou rings me on my mobile. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, can you imagine that? Yeah, yeah, no, he's out in the background. No, no, nothing. Don't worry about it. So that was that one time. I just kept, there's nothing to be, you know, it's all fine. And I just kept getting it wrong. And then I found myself on another pool chair uh, thing. And uh, he took me to the wrong place or something like that. And he couldn't know, that was it. I was in the cab and we were going to pick someone up and they couldn't find the, um, he couldn't find the address of this person. He couldn't find the fare. And it was like, it was all getting a bit heated. And I went, look, they're not here. Let's just go anyway. Then he got lost. Then we actually ended up pulling in. And then, then it was just like, I said, look. We, and then we were passing Houston. And I was like, there's a black taxi rank. I said, pull into the taxi rank. 
and let me get out so I can get a black cab. And it got into this massive argument with me and Zuber cab driver, right? We pulled into a black taxi ramp in an Uber, and then he said, and then he locked the doors, and he wouldn't let me out. And it got really fucking heated to the point where I was like, right, so you're now not letting me out of your, and it was, it, it was not pretty at all. And uh, we got into a bad argument and eventually let me go out. But it was just like, fucking hell, I was like trapped in this guy's Uber. Jeez, not good. Some of the characters you get as the Uber drivers, um, yeah. some of them are so funny. But there's a lot of stories nowadays where, did you hear about that, that one girl who, she was on the way home from a party in London and she'd fallen asleep in the Uber. Yeah. And he'd taken her all the way around London, took her miles out of the way, charged her, I don't know, 70 quid. And she looked on the, the, the route that he'd taken and it was all the way around. But like, surely they must know that they're all on GPS so they know what route's been taken. Yeah, there was a huge issue, weren't there, with their licensing laws. I don't know if that's all still going through or... Um... Yeah, I'm not sure what happened with that because it kind of just disappeared out of the news. Yeah, it has just disappeared off the radar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it is very different over here. Have you, have you ever used like Uber or Lyft in like the States? Because it's quite strange there because anyone can be your driver there, can't they? Right, yeah. I've not been out. I've not been out to LA for a while. I would have that. I don't have that problem. It's it's um, like we had we had like a we went on our honeymoon and and ev literally every time we had a driver it was like oh yeah I'm a university student oh yeah I'm a doctor part time and they do this kind of in me and it's like whoa like yeah you know oh, so any just anyone can just download an app and be like oh, I'll give you a lift yeah I think so I think that's kind of what Uber and 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 Lyft was like kind of made for it was just it was like this part of like the gig economy like you can do it in your spare time to earn a better oh, that's better. quite good then isn't it have a license. It is, but then obviously the, the dark side of that is you don't know who the fuck's car you're getting into. So I think over here, yeah. you have to have a taxi license, don't you, over here, which is the right way to do I it. I remember, um, I've not been out to LA for a long time, but you know that, you know, actors going out there to audition. I mean, I, I did that years back when I, I did a job there and I stayed on doing auditions and things. And I don't think Uber was operating then. So I got me hire car. <laughs> it was just like... <laughs> Um, the freeways in LA when you're driving is just like a free-for-all. It's just absolutely really? it's terrifying because you've got like five lanes of traffic and they're all just going 100 miles an hour and it's just like Mario Kart. You're like, where am I going? And it's just like, and I would be following this sat-nav all the way to go all the way over to Bur Burbank over the other side of the city to try and go to an audition. And you've been like absolutely petrified driving there and. Ben Wishaw, you know the actor Ben Wishaw said it, 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 when he was in LA, it was like, if I kept following the sat-nav, <laughs> eventually it will get me to the place. Do you know what I mean? If you keep turning right, that's what he says, eventually I'll end up in the, at my destination. <laughs> but I guess now if you went over there, you could get Ubers everywhere. It'd be a lot easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like, you would be a quivering well, yeah, but ball of mess when you walk into your audition. It's funny you say that about driving in LA, though, because I was Googling it last night because I was, I was texting Andy last night. Me and Charlotte, we're going to go to LA um, and we're going to go to Vegas, but we're going to drive over there. Because yeah. we, just before, we, we went to Miami for our honeymoon. Um, yeah. I had a car there and drove around Miami. And the, the worst time to drive in Miami that we found on the freeway was at like one in the morning. We got, really? We, we drove to a place called Key West, um, which is basically a motorway in the middle of the ocean. So literally yeah. just one road or one lane on either side and you drive for like four hours through the, through the ocean and it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. 
Wow. Um, no, I've never done Miami. Is it an amazing place? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. probably my favourite place I've ever been. It's beautiful. Wow. Did you go there on your honeymoon then, Tomo? Yeah, yeah. So I we did. I think we only did about five days there. Then we went to Mexico for, for a bit. Um, yeah. But, but just going back to the driving thing, we found that the worst time to drive was late at night. Throughout the day, it was really, it was fine. Right. Driving at night. But we was looking at driving through LA. But now you've just told me that. It's made me think, oh. <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, maybe I was just a panic neurotic. Because when I was out, and my, Milo, was, our son, was he was young. You know what I mean? So he was in the back seat and... Lou was in the passenger seat and it was just like so much driving out there. That's all I remember, you know, and the traffic, certain points in the day, the traffic on the freeways and things is an absolute nightmare. So you spend, you know, you spend half the day in your car driving about. Who's the go-to driver out of you and Lou? Say if you popped out somewhere, who, who would be, who would uh, you go to we, get we, in the driving we, seat? We, we pretty much share it, really. Um... She doesn't really drink, though, Lou, so she's always, she's always the designated driver on a night out. So. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Everyone's the winner. Um, you know, uh, but we sort of share it out, yeah. She's a terrible... The other thing about... Because I had that accident, you know, which could have been horrendous. I mean, thankfully, everyone was okay, apart from my Mini Cooper. But I do tend to be... If I'm in the passenger seat, I'm a very nervous driver. Oh really? Ah. I'm a little. I'm a little bit like I always tend to sit in the back because it's that thing of. I just remember that impact of it happened so quickly. The lights went back, and all I could do it was just a natural instinct to curl myself up into the smallest ball possible because I was just going. I knew I was going to hit this car head on. So it was. Uh, if so, if a car comes out and I'm in the passenger because I'm not in control of the car myself, I just get very twitchy. Yeah, I think particularly, like, driving in London is so, like, there's just no etiquette. I think if a London driver, if someone that was, who was, I don't know, say a, say a black cabbie um, came to Grimsby and drove the way that he drives in London, yeah, he's, he's going to get beat up. He's, yeah. he'll, he'll stop at a red light and someone will get out and beat him up because they'll oh. just go, like, they'll pull out and they're all, like, honking all the time and it's like... When you get to Grimsby, it's just so chilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's like letting people go, and da, 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 da. whereas in London, well, you always have so much beef between drivers and cyclists. That's the other yeah. issue in London. You know, I mean, I was doing a play at the Donmar Warehouse years back, and that's and I decided I was going to cycle in, which was great. You know, it was a beautiful cycle in every morning because it's pretty much downhill from East Finchley, where I live, into the centre of town. So you get this amazing view. It's all right going down. to work, but what about getting home from work? That's, that, see, that, from was the pro- that was the problem. So I'd cycle in, and you'd see arguments with drivers and cycling. You'd even get people having a go at you if you were cutting corners or, you know, I mean, the thing is to never go up the inside of a lorry and things, all that sort of, those rules you have to take on, take on board. But, yeah, it was the cycle back after you've done a two-show day and you've had a couple of jars in the bar and you've got to drive. So I said, I haven't thought this through, have I? But it does, man. It, it, it wakes you up. I mean, I remember walking into rehearsals when I was doing that and I was wide awake and it's a proper nice workout, isn't it, to start the day? Yeah, it's good. It's, and it's, when you get started, when we did our long bike ride, we, we literally, we, we started and we was like, we'll just go here and then you get to there and then, like, oh, we'll just go there and then... Before you know it, you've, you've, you've covered so many miles. And then you yeah. get back and it's just like, it's, somehow you've been 
you've cycled all in miles, but and you find that you've got more energy. But I think that's the thing with exercise as well, isn't it? it releases well, I think cycling energy. also, it just takes you back to being a kid again, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, when I was a kid in Buckhurst Hill, I mean, I was out on my, my BMX Amoco bike with my best mate, Matt Farr, and we would literally, you know, epping for we'd be out the whole day. <laughs> Sounds like proper jumpers for goalposts things, <laughs> doesn't it? But it was that. It was, it was on the BMX. I'd come back for my lunch and then I'd be out again and come back for dinner. My mum and dad never saw anything of me. We were just always out and about. That's the thing. We, we used to, I used to cycle to school in the morning, which I worked out the other day, which was like four miles. And then I'd do my day at school and I'd cycle four miles home. And then I'd yeah. go back out on my bike with all the lads and then... You know, we'd go, I'd put it on the floor and I'd use my bike as a goalpost, like you said, and we'd be playing football. And then yeah. also, and then on the weekend, we'd just be playing football all day and then we'd be out on our bikes at night. And it's like, all we ever did when we was kids is exercise. Whereas now it's like, you're lucky to get me doing an hour's worth of exercise a day. <laughs> well, it's very important. The steepest hill in Buckhurst Hill where I grew up was Stradbrook Grove. It's a very, very steep hill. And myself and Matthew used to always go down that hill, no hands. That was our thing. We'd go all the way down, no hands. <laughs> all the time. And then one day the phone went. And it was, it was uh, my mum. And she says, uh, and Matthew's mum, Rita, was on the phone. She said, Matthew's had an accident. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. I said, what do you mean? He said, he's, he's come off going down Stradbrook Grove. He went down Stradbrook Grove on his own without me there. And he come off right halfway down that got tangled under the bike. And I always remember going to see him. He was in a right mess. Well, I was in my head. But, um, yeah, if you're going to do shit like that, have your mate with you. Let me tell you. Yeah, and wear a lid. <laughs> yeah. Mixed yeah, we never used to wear helmets or anything. No. <laughs> oh. Did you ever, was that ever a thing for you when you were younger as well? Or, or now, like a lot of, a lot of people, um, Motorbikes, are they because that kind of comes hand in hand, doesn't it? Sometimes with flashy cars, you know, people who want a Harley Davidson or they want like a super bike or something like that. Has that ever appealed to you? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I've got a hybrid bike at the moment, it sounds like a bit like your one, Tomo. It's sort of mixed between a road bike and a mountain bike, but um, I think you get, I don't know, I'm sort of toying with that idea of maybe buying like a proper, you know, road bike thing and getting more into Because me and Milo still, my son, we still go on bike rides now. You know, we'll go up to Ali Pali and there's little bike routes you can go on. There's the disused railway line that goes all the way down to Finsbury Park. We do that sometimes. But, you, I mean, road biking, cycling, that's really, you know, it's massive now, isn't it? I mean, you just yeah. see all these... So maybe in a couple of years from now, I'm going to be one of those lycra-clad boy racers, aren't I? On a, on a, on a superbike thing, yeah. Posting, what, I mean, posting eh? on Facebook so everyone can see where you've been. Yeah. Is that yours? Was that a dig at me, that, mate? <laughs> <laughs> what, no, what, uh, what Andy was just saying, what about motorbikes? Have you ever been into motorbikes? Oh, no, 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 no. That's never been my... Um, Have you I ever think, ridden one? Eh? Have you ever ridden a motorbike? No, the the only uh, the only motorbike I ever got on was in the movie Made in Dagenham, <laughs> and um, it was uh, he 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 loved his motorbikes. The character in that, as I remember, and um, he had a motorbike with a sidecar. Right. I I I I'd never been on a motorbike. They, like I, like you, Andy, they would get a stunt double. 
And um, the only bit I had to do was on the Gascoigne estate in Barking, somewhere like that. And uh, I just had to get on the bike and they said they took me through it and I just literally had to just cycle it or drive it forward a few feet and then stop. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I've put it right up. God knows what I'd done. And I just took off on this. I couldn't stay. It, thankfully, nothing happened badly. But um, it was, uh, yeah, it was hilarious. I didn't want to do that again. But it's always, I always felt with motorbikes and things like that, if you did come off, there's no roll cage or anything like that. You're just so exposed, don't you? Uh, no, they're a dangerous game, motorbikes. I, um, because you used to rev him when you was younger, didn't you, T? Yeah, I used to like motorbikes a lot, yeah, um, when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was never mind. So the, the less we say about that, the better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, um, I remember that the most scary motorbike experience I ever had was um, I was staying at Shane Meadows' house and Andrew Shim was around. Um, yeah. and we was playing a lot of computer games and I ended up and we was um, we was betting like a five or a game on the I think it was Need for Speed and in the end I ended up I ended up taking sort of 45 quid off Shimmy Andrew Shim and uh, he, he hates handing money over at the best of times he <laughs> so he's got this little 15 year old kid that's going yeah you owe me 50 quid you crap on FIFA and then in the end they hadn't decided how I was going to get back to Grimsby so Shane was like, oh, you take him, Shim. And Shim was like, no, I've only got my motorbike. And Shim was like, okay, all right, I'll take him then. So I made Shimmy, uh, I got on the back of Shimmy's, I think it was an R1. Yeah. And, um, we drove from Nottingham to Grimsby on the back of this motorbike on the motorway. And it was the scariest experience I've ever had in my entire life. Right, yeah. It was yeah. ridiculous because Andrew Shim's like, he's really, really good at riding. He, he, he rides him professionally. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that sort of put me off ever wanting to get a motorbike because of the just the sheer power that them things have got. And I was only yes. 16, but shitting myself. I did have to get on one of those taxi bike ones. That was that's also yeah, London. Yeah, they're fun. I had to get uh, from set to a screening, and they the production company put this put it on, and um. Yeah, this piece just went, right, here's your helmet, and you, you're wired up to the radio so we can talk yeah. to you, right? But they're big cheers, aren't they? They're quite yeah. comfortable, them things. But I was having to hold on to him, but my God, he just, he took off this fella. He was sliding in and out of the traffic. I was just like, oh, thank God, I just got there in one piece. But um, I had to go all the way from King's Cross to Elstree on the back of all right. those things. And fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, like they're just whipping in and out of traffic and stuff. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, you just, you just want to get there in one piece. So, like, <laughs> do you know what? I wouldn't mind being half an hour late if I've still got all my limbs, thank you. Wicked man. Well, I think that's um, that pretty much uh, wraps us up, Danny. Thank you, uh, thank you very much. Well, listen, lads, it was lovely chatting with you and um, to see your faces again. You know what I mean? It's sort of because I know we we worked together years back, didn't we, Andy? On um, Common, wasn't it? Yeah, Common. That's it. Oh, I was say, Common. Yeah, I killed I killed Danny's son in in Summit. Oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. You were wonderful, you there, Andy. Fantastic, you mate. Too, man, you turn. Oh, thank you, mate. It means a lot. How it's another, it's another cheery piece, wasn't it? <laughs> it was what, eh? Hey? I, I was. Uh, how did you kill Danny's son? I want to know how you did it. In in common, obviously. It, it was a, it was a program. It was about um, a law, joint enterprise law. Yeah, common law. Yeah. Yeah, common law. So it was basically 
me and a couple of mates were in a takeaway. In a takeaway, yeah, yeah, I remember I ended that. Up killing Danny's son in it, but then the whole group was got... it Jimmy McGovern. Jimmy yeah, McGovern. it was Jimmy McGovern. Great Jimmy McGovern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, Cracking. brilliant. All right, You're man. wonderful, innit? Cheers, man. Thank you. Well, listen, stay safe and well, chaps. Yeah, and, you um, mate, hopefully we'll have a have a drink or something when uh, when it's all okay to do so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we will. All, All right, right then. Look, stay safe and well, yeah? All right, mate. Love to the family, mate. Bye. And you. Take care. Bye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Another great episode in the can. Seven, mate. Seven, seven, down. Um, yeah. Yeah, good one. Um Great storyteller. Huh? Sorry. You no, know, he is. Again, I think um, it's a testament to another guest that kind of we're, we're quiet throughout it quite a bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's <coughs> kind of nice. It's less work for us, really, isn't it? We're getting a, but um, I've got a new microphone and I'm a bit like, I don't know where to be. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it, it, he's a great storyteller, isn't he? He's a bit like, like uh, I touched base on the intro. He's very much like he can get an audience around him without realizing he's, that he's doing it, um, and sort of captivates the people that he's telling, uh, telling stories to. So, yeah, yeah. yeah God, imagine. Go on. go on. You go. No, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I was just going to say, obviously, for me, it, it was uh, 
it, it was a strange one because because like we we talked on there, I don't drive, so you know, I'm mm. like, but I guess it is that thing in it for every, you know, I don't know, I I can only speak for every, not for every lad, but for me, and I imagine every other lad, like when you are young, you see fast cars and you want them mm. and, and all that, and then <clears throat> you, know, you either kind of like Dan did, you you get that fast car and you write it off or yeah grow out of it you know um or you don't grow out of it i guess you don't write off you don't grow out of it and you still have a fucking dead fast car yeah (laughs) yeah there is that in there yeah i've never really been into them i mean that like i took we i I touched base on in the in the chat i um i had the audi a3 but i mean that's not that's not like a super car is it i mean it was a nice car but it was old 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 um but yeah, I've never, it's never really been, never really been my thing, really. I remember Shimmy, um, Andrew Shim, for the people who don't know, he picked me up once in a Subaru when we was filming This Is England, and Shane absolutely bollocked him the day after yeah. because he picked me up in his Subaru. I've never been so scared in my life. It was, um, it was an experience. So Shimmy's always been into fast cars, and he? he's a, he's a bit of a, a, a motorhead. Would you call it a motorhead? I think Shimmy's just a bit of a, an adrenaline junkie, isn't he? You know what I mean? He drives fast cars, fast motorbikes, gets in the cage with other men that like to hit him. Mm. Uh, and plenty of other things that we shouldn't mention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Shimmy's an adrenaline junkie, isn't he? Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. And I, we need to get Shim on. We need to get Shimmy on here. Yeah. We will. We will get him on. Get him down in his, in his little van. Yes. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, so Danny's was brilliant. Um, you know, the thing that got me is, is like he was talking there about um, the nostalgia of riding a bike. Like, I, like mm. I've been on my bike quite a bit recently, like you say, with the lockdown and, and kind of riding with, with a friend and that. And it's, it is. Oh, you was at the airport. That looks amazing. Yeah, it was nice, man. We found this nice little spot. We've lived near the airport our whole entire lives. Mm. And we found a spot the other day where, um, so you just, it's, you can walk to it, it's fine. It's like a, uh, all signposted, like a little, you know, them little naturey paths, you know, when you walk in. Yeah, like, yeah. Little wooden sign. Mm. Um, so yeah, so you basically sat on a bit of grass and you're probably about 500, 400 metres away from the runway. So wow. when you sit there, the planes literally, they must only be about 40 feet above your head as they land. That's amazing. Yeah, it looks good, that. Hey, when we're allowed, when, when it's all safe and safe to do so, I should, we should, I should put my bike on the back of the car and uh, come to Manchester and we'll get something done. Yeah, man. Look, I'm, I'm well into biking at the minute. And like you said, it's, a, it's like nostalgic, isn't it? Like yeah. me and Charlotte are loving it at the minute. That yeah, and golf. Same. I'm going to get Em's a bike and we're going to go on the bike ride. It's going to be magical. Um, so, yeah, so next week's guest. Yeah. Or announce who we're gonna do again. It's Big Tom, Big Tom Davies, um, who's who, yeah, he's he's on all of the um, uh, the the comedy shows, and he's also the host now of um, Mock the Week. He's one of the hosts. Sorry, he's he's done a, quite a few on there. Yeah, um, very familiar face. Um, Murdering successful was probably the biggest thing he's done, which was funny. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'd be a good one. Uh, like I say, we, again, Tom, we've, we've known for years. We wanted him on. We were going to have Tom on um, as a live guest when we, when we planned to be yeah. on. Yeah, we, oh God, yeah, I forgot about, oh, many moons ago. Yeah, um, unfortunately that live didn't end up happening for, for a couple of reasons, but um, we managed to pin him down. Uh, 
I mean, I won't be able to pin him down. That'd be a job, wouldn't it? It'd take five men, that. I reckon more. Imagine a bouncer having to throw that man out of a pub. You wouldn't, would you? You'd, if someone came up to you and went, throw Big Tom out of this club. <laughs> Remember when I first met him? It was in the, t- in the toilets. Um, oh, we'll, we'll talk about all this um, on next week. Um, all the good stories. Um, teaser. Huh? Like teaser. Oh yeah, okay. Well, it was it wasn't really a great story. It was just I remember when I first met him and kind of like turned my back and he was there and I just saw like the hips of a man at my heart, at my eye level and I kind of had to look up and he's he's one of the biggest men I've ever met. He's got to be borderline giant, and he surely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so more on that next week. Uh, yeah. In the meantime, guys, um, do keep uh, liking, sharing, reviewing, subscribing, all that bollocks, um, and. Uh, if you can get on the Patreon, we've had a couple of new signups, which is great, um, which m- then means that we can we can put some money to good causes, um, yeah. which, which we're going to do. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, thank you very much. Uh, see you next week for Big Tom. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>